Welcome in, divers. This is Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast. We're finishing up wide receivers today. We got the combine three days away on Thursday. I'm recording this Monday, sending it out Monday. Everything is going to be fully updated. I actually just finished the big super article and updated all the heights and weights according to the NFL Combine this morning and their measurements. With all that said, remember you can follow us on Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football on Twitter at Deep Dive FF, and check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com. Once again, that's where I have the big, super article with all 20 receivers ranked in my order, including strengths, concerns, landing spots, comparisons, their best season thus far, their height, weight, and once the NFL Combine stats with the 40-yard dash, three-cone, and vert come through on Thursday, I will also upload those stats there. So let's get this rolling. Alright, so as you guys know, I've just been going by five in terms of my podcast. I've been doing five receivers at a time, and then I update my rankings likewise. So this wide receiver we're starting off with today is actually, now that I'm done with all my wide receiver rankings, until the combine stats come in, my number nine receiver, Antonio Gandy-Golden. I'm sure most of you guys that are, you know, in the Twitter community and just really into researching for fantasy football and the rookie class. I'm sure you guys have heard this guy's name. A lot of people like him as a sleeper, as do I. A lot of people like to throw out some Calvin Johnson comparisons. I'm not going to go that far, but I am pretty close to that. So straight up, I love this guy. He has mad intangibles, right? AGG, it's an easier way to call Antonio Gandy-Golden. AGG, he's a big receiver, 6'4", 223, those are the numbers that just came in this morning from the NFL Combine. I'm up to date, I got you. He's a big receiver with plus athleticism for his size. You'll see other people down on his athletic traits, which I don't really see. He has good speed and burst and a dash of elusiveness, which at his size is awesome. He probably runs high 4'4s, low 4'5s. If he does that and has a good 3-cone, All the guys that are low on him will flip in a second. Trust me. Now, to get to some analysis. He has great hands with a great catch radius, and he routinely makes jaw-dropping one-handed catches and catches away from his frame. He's a great jump ball receiver and works the sidelines well. He fights through bad tackles and utilizes jump cuts to make the first or second guy miss. Like I said, one of the only concerns that people have, um, and I think this is probably... People's main concern is his athleticism in terms of speed, quickness, burst. I think he has plenty for his size and his uh, weight, so I don't have any concerns there, but we'll see what happens once the numbers come through. It's always subject to change. Some other concerns is that he has not run a diverse route tree, and the routes that he did run were not super polished in college. He needs to work on his release and maintain separation once he gets it instead of letting the corner come back into his frame and catch back up to him and try to contest the catch. Um, And that's pretty much the concerns um, for me is just those and then the speed concerns that other people have. So before we talk landing spots, I implore you to contemplate this with me, right? AGG only played two years of college football, his junior and senior seasons. 
Right there, we already have a lack of experience. So considering his first year in college football and his junior year was 71 receptions for more than 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns, to me that's amazing and that screams potential. Because yeah, he's a junior, but that's pretty much his freshman season in football. Not only did he have a lack of experience and time to learn, but he also went to a small school with a bad football program. Name one NFL player you know from Liberty. Exactly. Do you think they would have the coaching in place to develop and improve a guy in just two years? I wouldn't bet on it. AGG seems like a naturally born football player who started late and got a bad hand in terms of school landing spot. He just needs someone to unlock his potential. Pittsburgh, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, Atlanta, and pretty much any team that has shown good development at the receiver position can make this guy a beast. I told you his stats from his first season playing, his junior year. This last season that he just finished in 13 games, 2019, he had 79 receptions, 1,400 yards, and 10 touchdowns. This guy has the production. He has the wow factor. He has the size. I think he has the speed to pair. We'll see when the NFL Combine comes up. Right now, he lands at number nine with some mad potential on my wide receivers coming into this year's draft. All right, moving into our next guy, K.J. Hill out of Ohio State. He's six foot, 196. K.J. Hill is an underneath slot receiver with great footwork. He has some good route running skills to pair with great toughness over the middle of the field. He has strong hands and decent elusiveness to make a couple guys miss and grab a few extra yards. He has quite a few one-handed catches that are pretty impressive, including one at the Senior Bowl. You guys have probably already seen that one. If not, you could just type it in on the internet come up real quick he also does well to find the soft spots in zone for his size he's not very fast or quick which is a bit concerning he struggles with physical corners and is not a great contested catch receiver he has a smaller frame and smaller catch radius so missing speed will make it more difficult for him to truly get open and when i mean truly get open i consider big guys with big catch radiuses even if there's somebody on their hip, they're open. Because you throw them a good ball, they're coming down with that ball. So he's not a big guy. He needs the speed to be truly open. And he's kind of missing that, so that's a good concern. Um, and then for landing spots. Considering KJ Hill's not very athletic, but he's a smart and scrappy player and plays in the slot, he reminds me of Julian Edelman. With some development, he has the potential to be that reliable checkdown option for a quarterback, which is not a bad thing. He could land anywhere that needs a slot and probably does not start from the get-go, but could find his way on the field often by the end of his rookie season by being a reliable, easy target for the quarterback. So like I said, my comp for him is Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman wasn't isn't the greatest athlete. He doesn't have all these spectacular catches. He's just a tough, hard worker who has good football IQ. And he gets it done. He's a scrappy guy. He fights for those extra yards. But he can't really make people miss. He's not super savvy. So that's a lot of KJ Hill to me. So he's my 15th receiver right now. And we'll see where he ends up and see where he moves after these 40-yard uh, dash times and everything comes in. And next up, we got Colin Johnson. I actually have him ranked right after KJ Hill at 16. He's the biggest receiver that we have in this class, 6'6". 222 and he actually is 66 because like I said the measurements came in this morning he's from Texas or out of Texas I should say NFL comparison for me is Devin Funches 
Colin is a huge receiver with great strength and physicality. He has great sideline awareness and is good at boxing out corners and pulling in contested catches. He adjusts to the ball well and has good strength to the catch point and is very intimidating and great in the red zone. He runs good routes and shows he does some film study. He is good with his hand fighting and is a great blocker. There's actually a like mini series or mini documentary about Colin Johnson on YouTube that I watched, which is pretty cool. Uh, if you want to watch that and get to know the guy, especially if your team drafts him, it's a good way to get insight into his personality, who he is as a person. It actually shows him studying film and teaching other people at Texas um, how to run routes, how to um, you know figure out what the corner is going to do based on pass games, stuff like that. So that's something I really liked about Colin Johnson. Some of the concerns, unfortunately, Colin Johnson lacks in two big departments. Overall speed, so that's including long speed, agility, quickness, and acceleration, and then hands. His lack of speed makes it extremely difficult to create separation despite his good route running. He's also not elusive by any means. He will not get you anything after the catch other than a couple yards from falling forward with his big body. He probably runs in the four sixes at the lowest, and his three cone is likely to be really bad. His hands aren't super solid either, as he has far too many bobble catches, and he looks a bit like he overthinks catching the ball. Catching the ball just doesn't look natural to him. I don't know how else to explain it, but when he is bringing the ball in, sometimes it looks like he is really concentrating on how to catch the ball. When you're a wide receiver at the collegiate level, it should look natural. I mean, even in high school, it should look natural. So the fact that there's just this weird look to the way he, he catches the ball sometimes, it looks like he's really, really trying hard to make sure he catches it, that's kind of concerning. For landing spots, he would be a good depth piece on the outside that can create a mismatch in the red zone with his size and awareness. Any team looking to add a big body that comes with a hard worker with a great team attitude should look his way in the later rounds. With Greg Olson gone, the Panthers might actually be a nice situation for him where he can be the size part of the receiving group with DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel being pretty much everything else. Um, he finished this last season, or I'm sorry, 2018 season in 13 games with 68 receptions, 985 yards, and seven touchdowns. That was his best season to date. And hopefully he tests better than four sixes because if he tests in the four sixties is definitely going to be one of the last receivers or later receivers taken in this loaded class. The next guy we're going to be covering is Brian Edwards. He's 6'3, 212 out of South Carolina. He's a receiver with really good size and he's super physical. He's also really tough and he breaks through weak tackles often. He bullies smaller corners and utilizes his size the best he can. He has some pretty amazing highlight reel grabs, including one handers. He has decent acceleration for his size and adjusts well in zone. He's also a really good blocker. Brian Edwards comes in just above the big and slow receivers in my rankings because he's a bit more athletic. Unfortunately, he has other concerns. Despite amazing catches, he has some really ugly drops that are right on target, right to his frame. He struggles to create separation and is not much of a route runner. He doesn't make quick cuts and he's not elusive. And he also needs to improve his ball tracking skills as they are not where they should be. There are plenty of times he shows great ball tracking skills, but it's not consistent and nowhere near the consistency it should be at. A lot of times he just misjudges it and puts himself in a tough situation. Brian Edwards just broke his foot 
and we will not, because of the broken foot, get to see his combine numbers, and that will definitely hurt his draft stock, because some people were concerned, actually a lot of people were concerned about his speed, acceleration, burst, and so the 40 and the vert and the broad jump and the three cone, those were supposed to help ease those worries. And he was supposed to, you know, use those as a platform to boost his draft stock. But now he's not going to be able to do that. So he's definitely going to be one of the later guys drafted in this loaded class. And he could end up anywhere. He could be a solid number three or four receiver. Or he could be a developmental guy that rides the bench a couple years. And then becomes a solid contributor. He just finished this 2019 season in only 10 games with 71 receptions 816 yards and six touchdowns so that's pretty good and I am not confident in this NFL comparison it was hard for me to find a comparison for him a lot of people like to compare Brian Edwards to Michael Thomas and I see it in his highlights um, because of the crazy catches he makes his body type how he is after the catch because he's not like super elusive Michael Thomas isn't super elusive um, but he's smart and scrappy. But Brian Edwards is just not th- that good. And I can't compare him to Michael Thomas because Michael Thomas also has the best hands in the NFL. I mean, he set the NFL record two years, I think, right? Back to back on a catch percentage for wide receivers. So he is not Michael Thomas. So I compare him to Alshon Jeffrey because Alshon Jeffrey is someone else with a big catch radius. Decent speed and acceleration, but nothing too awesome. And he's also not much of a make-you-miss kind of guy. So I think Alshon Jeffrey's a a decent comparison. But if you guys could think of a better one, then, I mean, you probably can think of a better one. But yeah, Alshon Jeffrey is mine for Brian Edwards out of South Carolina. And lastly, to finish off our wide receivers for today and our wide receivers total is Isaiah Hodgins. 6'4", from Oregon State. My NFL comparison for him is Kenny Galladay because Isaiah Hodgins is a big-bodied receiver with great college production. He has good body control and tracks and adjusts to the ball well, giving a big body to throw to with a good catch radius. He has good hands and grabs tight window throws in heavy traffic, although sometimes drops a ball if a big hit is on its way, which is probably just a concentration issue. Generally, he has solid hands, though. He runs good routes for his size and his, and he finds spots to sit in the zone and make for an easy completion. He has good feet and decent long speed and probably runs in the late four fives later on this week. Hodgins, like most of the bigger receivers in this class, struggles from lack of quickness and acceleration or burst. He's not elusive and won't do much after the catch unless hit in a straight line where he can just continue his long speed. His cuts are not sharp and angled but they're more rounded he also could get a bit stronger and tougher for his size but he does not lack in drive so he's very determined and he puts in a lot of effort but it would be better spent if he got himself a little stronger and tougher isaiah is a big receiver that will play on the outside and could use some development at the next level so look for a team with a need for a big outside receiver that can afford to make a developmental pick and does not need a win now guy There are a lot of receivers that are ready to go right now and can contribute right now, but they have less of a ceiling. Um, So he's not going to go to teams that need that win-now prospect. At least I don't think he will. Um, He'll contribute nicely as a rookie, but nothing more than what a late-round pick should contribute. 
So, like I said, he's more of a developmental guy. This last season, in 2019, in 12 games, he had 86 receptions, almost 1,200 yards, and 13 touchdowns. So those are some pretty sick numbers. Um, I'm actually excited for this guy. But I'm excited for a lot of guys in this class because this is a sick wide receiver class. That's why I did my deep dive all the way to wide receiver 20. So that's Isaiah Hodgins. All right, guys. So this is the last episode to wrap up wide receivers. Um, I will give like an updated ranking episode of the receivers, which will be pretty short after the combine numbers come through. If there's anything like either super impressive or super bad that make me move people around. Um, and there will probably be a couple, but nothing too serious. But I figured I would go over my final rankings until the combine numbers come through. And I'll also give you height and weight since I just updated all of them to the nearest inch, um, according to the combine measurements that just came in earlier today. So my first wide receiver, Jerry Judy, 6'1", 193 out of Alabama. Then CeeDee Lamb, 6'2", 198. A lot of people have those uh, those people inverted. Some people have CeeDee Lamb first, Judy second, but one and two is those guys. It's not really a debate. At three, I have Henry Ruggs. He's uh, 5'11", 188. Four, T. Higgins, 6'4", 216. He's the biggest of the receivers in the top end of the receiver class. LaVisca Chenault, 6'1", 227, comes in at five. At six, I have Jalen Rager, 5'11", 206. Then Tyler Johnson at 7, 6'1", 206. I think he's being super slept on. Tyler Johnson is one of the guys that I have a lot higher than everyone else. Justin Jefferson at 8, 6'1", 202. Antonio Gandy-Golden is 6'4", 223. I have him at 9. He's also somebody I'm a little higher on, mainly for the potential, assuming he can land with somebody that can help develop his routes. At 10, Donovan Peoples-Jones, 6'2", 212. 11, KJ Hamler, 5'9", 178. That might sound super low to you, and it is pretty low compared to other people because I don't see the ball skills and the contested catches and stuff like that that KJ Hamler brings to the table. I mean, he's a small, super fast guy, and those people do exist and produce well in the NFL, but when you think of the best ones at that, it's Tyree Kill. Guess what? Tyree Kill can get up and get win those contested catches. We've seen it. I have not seen that from KJ Hamler, so I have him a lot lower than most at 11. Then Brandon Ayuk at 12, he's 6 foot 205. Denzel Mims, 6'3", 207. Dan Jefferson at 14, 6'1", 200. KJ Hill at 15, 6 foot 196. Colin Johnson, 16, 6'6", 222. He's the biggest amongst all the top 20 receivers. Brian Edwards, 6'3", 212. Jawan Jennings, 6'3", 215. Isaiah Hodgins at 19, 6'4", 210. And Michael Pittman Jr. at 20 to round out our top 20 receivers at 6'4", 223. If you were paying attention to the heights and weights, as you might have noticed, as we got later on in the draft, all of these bigger receivers started coming through. That's because we do have a lot of late round big receivers with good catch radiuses that can go up and win balls. They just don't have much speed, and that's a big concern for separation and routes in the next level. So we have a pretty sick class. We have a lot of fully developed guys at the top with Judy and Lamb. Ruggs, I think, is right there. And then we have T. Higgins, who 
could use some development in route running and maybe is not as fast as we would like. LaVisca Chenault, who is a Swiss Army knife. Jalen Rager, who's super fast, kind of like Tyler Lockett, because he also can win contested catches. He has great hops, great at the sidelines, stuff like that. We have a great, sick wide receiver class. I'm super, super excited. I'm a Bucks fan, and we don't even need receiver. And this is what I chose to focus on the most this offseason was receiver, even though it has pretty much no uh, relevance to my favorite team. So that's the top 20 wide receivers for you. Hope you guys enjoy it. This is Deep Dive Fantasy Football. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor. Have a good one.